Okay, so it's not quite... Right, what are we doing with these coat hangers? Let's get rid of those. Sorry, I'm... Let's just get rid of the coat hangers. You can't do a podcast of coat hangers around, can you? I record in my clothes cupboard. Not because I'm eccentric, it's just because I can't afford a real studio. Although, if there are any people listening who'd like a voiceover, a professional voiceover done, I record this in my professional studio. So I've got rid of the coat hangers, because they just flap about and make all sorts of noise. This is a professional podcast, for goodness sake. Anyway, what I was trying to say is, it's not quite Nelly the Elephant. We said we'd start every podcast with Nelly the Elephant, but like a lot of ideas on the podcast, we say we're going to do something and we don't. We renege upon our promises. They're not promises, they're just ideas that have been suggested. And they may happen, they may not happen. It's not a manifesto. It may happen. Send us Nelly the Elephant clips. We'll play them. Anyway, if you didn't listen to the last podcast, you'll have no idea what the heck I'm talking about. But what I'm trying to say is, we're not going to start with Nelly the Elephant this week. We're going to start with our Polish friends. Not Brassy. No, 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 no. We have more Polish friends. So obviously, Brassy are very well known on the Young Ones podcast. Five-part vocal harmony group from Poland. This is a four-part harmony group from Poland, but I think they're cheating a little bit here. I think they're kind of multiplying their voices a little bit to cover the Game of Thrones television theme tune. Excellent start to the podcast, I think. 
Game of Thrones is covered by the four-part Polish quartet. It would be a bit of a rubbish quartet if there wasn't four of them. No, there's only three of us. We're a three-part Polish quartet. Well, that's the big mistake there, lads. Big mistake what you've done. It's a rudimentary mistake. I say a four-part quartet, but actually I think there were a lot more voices in that. I think they cheated. And I've asked Julius uh, from the group and he says there's a lot more voices in four parts. They overdubbed themselves. Yes, I mean, I think it would be quite weird if I started multiplying myself. I already talk to myself around the house. I think if I started multiplying myself for recording purposes, that would be quite weird as well. Uh, Technically, I could do that. You could, David. You could indeed. I could. I could. You I'm could. doing it now, in fact. Hello, you, David. You are. Hello, David. Good to hear from you. Uh, loving the podcast. That's brilliant. Especially the bit about the coat hangers. Like that bit. Oh, thank you very much. It's good of you to say that. Thank oh, you very no, much. No, no, I mean, uh, I'm enjoying it. I think it's going well. I'm enjoying it too. We should do this again sometime. Definitely. Definitely. Anytime. You just call out my name. And you know what my name is, don't you? I do. I know what that is, yeah, yes. David, yeah. of course, it's the same as yours. And you know wherever I am, I'll come running to see you again. Now, winter, spring, summer, or fall, all you have to do is call and I'll be there. Yes, I will. You've got a friend. Thank you very much. That is nice. That is nice. I'd love to stay and chat, but we've got a podcast to do, and people might be getting a little bit freaked out at this. I think things are getting quite surreal. I do apologise. Uh, I think I am a little bit jet-lagged still. Okay, well, I'll say goodbye for now, then. Goodbye. Ah, goodbye. Goodbye. That was quite emotional, that. Anyway, as I say, we are maybe a bit jet-lagged because we have been to Canada and then we've been to France. We'll be bringing you exploits from France in the next podcast, but this week we're concentrating on clips from Canada. We're going to be bringing you stories involving a law-breaking parrot, bare-breasted motorcyclists and child-eating pagans. And lots more besides. Here's a little story, as told by me, another another version of me, only this is a version of me from two weeks ago, after we got off the plane in Ontario. Well, the plane journey over to Canada started off quite interesting. The first voice to come over the plane's address system said, Good morning. Uh, sorry, it's afternoon, isn't it? <laughs> Good afternoon. Uh, this is your captain speaking. And I thought, bloody hell, he hasn't got off to a good start, has he? You know, filled you with much confidence, I mean. <laughs> what you want from a captain is you want someone who knows what he's doing. That's why it's nice when the captain tells you what altitude you're going to be going at and what speeds you're going to get up to, because then you think, oh, he knows what he's talking about. Even if he's making it up, it sounds good. But when a captain doesn't know what time of the day it is, you start to worry. You want confidence in your captain, don't you? I was starting to get a little bit worried. I thought it may be a little bit rash to leave the plane. It could have been a lot worse, obviously. It could have been, good good morning. Oh, sorry, it's afternoon, isn't it? Silly me. I'm getting very forgetful these days. Uh, my name is Patricia. No, no, no. What am, I, what am I saying? No. Of course it's not. I'm a man, aren't I? <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, sorry, I don't know what's, I don't know what's come over me. I, I do get forgetful. Sometimes I... In fact, what, what am I doing on this plane? Oh, yes, I'm the captain. <laughs> oh, dear. But because it was going to Canada, and obviously a large proportion of people from Canada speak French... He then translated it into French, everything he said, which gave me a little bit more confidence. I decided not to leave the plane when he started speaking French. And then he started talking about the altitude and the speed and that kind of thing. And again, that filled me with confidence. I thought, he knows what he's talking about here. It sounded like a good altitude for the journey, I thought. I thought it was a good choice, a sensible choice on his part there. A woman's voice came over the speaker and she said, we are now going to put on a safety video. Give it your full attention. More or less, the first thing the video said was, please make sure that all mobile phones are turned off during this flight. Which I thought was a bit odd, because normally they just say put it into flight mode, but this video distinctly just said turn them off. 
And I thought, well, I don't see why you would. I was a bit disappointed because I was looking forward to reading a book which I got on my phone. The seven-hour journey, the only thing I have brought to while away the time. And now they're telling me I can't do that. My goodness. The lady who was doing the announcements stopped the video and said, hey, excuse me, excuse me, people. We're not all listening to this video. We're not giving it our full attention. So I'm going to start the video again. And please return to your seats and give this video your full attention. This is an important safety video. Thank you. And she put the video on again. And then a few seconds in, it said, it is important to be aware that all mobile phones should be turned off during this flight. Okay, fair enough. I suppose I was just going to have to spend the seven hours doing some deep soul searching and introspection. My goodness. This is going to be a flight to remember. But then, after the safety video, the woman then said, ladies and gentlemen, we're pleased to inform you that uh, we have an upgraded entertainment system that now harnesses the technological capability of your Android mobile phone or your iPhone. Please turn on your mobile phones and download our air transit app which you can use on this flight to control our entertainment system. Please turn on your mobile phones and take advantage of this app. And I thought, you've just played a video twice, essentially, to tell us to turn our phones off. And now you've told everybody to turn their phones on and download an app. And she didn't make reference to the irony of it. She didn't say, oh, I know what the video says. It's an out-of-date video. Don't worry about it. And then they did say, any questions, please don't hesitate to ask. So I could have asked. I said, you know, that video said about turning your mobile phones off. Oh, <laughs> don't worry about that. There's actually quite a few bits on the video that's out of date. Yeah, actually, the, the bit about the emergency exits, that's out of date as well. Uh, we don't actually have any on this plane. Um, and then a baby started crying behind me. And it just didn't stop. It was just howling and howling before the flight. And I thought, maybe it knows something. Sometimes I think that. Sometimes I think that the baby has an intuitive knowledge. It knows this is a doomed flight. And the black box recorder is going to be picking up the sounds from the thing going, please turn off your mobile phones. And then this person going, please, everybody, turn on your mobile phones. He's got to clearly, the people on the plane should have realised this was a hijack. I mean, you know, turn on your mobile phones, download our app, control our plane. I thought I was just playing Flight Simulator. The next thing I know, <laughs> I'm controlling the bloody plane. So we survived the plane journey, but then we had customs to deal with. When we went to America, when we went to Kansas in February, they said we need to take some fingerprints. They asked for my thumb, then they asked for my second finger, then they asked for the third finger, the fourth finger, the fifth finger, and then they made me do it on the other hand. I did all ten fingers. I'm like, I mean, that is surely being overly officious. Maybe they were worried that I might lose a few fingers in interrogation. You know, the American customs can be quite a harrowing experience, so maybe they thought he might, he might lose a couple in interrogation. We best be sure, take all of his fingers, and then it won't matter. We do have some CDs available in the blue tent. I thought if there's anyone from customs here, we don't have any CDs on the free. We also have some drugs if you're interested. No, we don't. I mean, the problem was that like, usually, you know, the standard thing to say is no and say it very quick, but you kept going, um, but have you, ever, have you been to West Africa in the last month? Um, Hmm. Uh, oh, I have a, have a bit. What? Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> we're, we're gonna sing. Well, it was that very drunken night, and I can't remember what happened to be honest. <laughs> I mean, I 
So during our time at Canada, we witnessed some rather interesting protests. One of them involved a parade of topless people riding around on motorbikes to protest against a policeman who pulled over three sisters in Waterloo who were riding bare-breasted on motorbikes. Now, apparently it is not against the law to be topless in Waterloo. But this particular policeman apparently told them to cover up and told them that it was against the law. And so in protest, a load of people came out in solidarity and rode around the streets of Waterloo topless on motorbikes in a protest that was entitled Bear With Us. So that was Billy Bragg's Between the Wars, a song... I don't know, I, I assume that translates quite well over here, but the song of, uh, it's got so much to say about the political situation, about freedom, about equality, and about doing the things and saying the things that we as citizens have a right to say. And uh, that includes parading topless on a motorbike. Should be, should be rich. By the way, if anyone would like to do that tonight, uh, <laughs> yeah, if you could just rev in the key of F sharp, that'll be absolutely brilliant. Breath beat to the rhythm, please. Anyway, uh, I assume you all know this, but there was a very interesting protest that came almost to herald our arrival. And it happened in Cambridge, and it was quite an odd thing as we were, you know, just as we arrive in Canada to see a lot of topless protesters riding motorcycles. We thought it was like a welcome parade, you know. We didn't, we didn't realise it was a protest, but uh, thank you very much for pulling out all the stops for us. We were very disappointed when we came to Godridge and there wasn't something similar for us. <laughs> And then we went to another festival in Godrich. That was a Celtic festival. And there was a man protesting with a placard, just one man, protesting with a placard, a sign that said that a Celtic festival is a pagan festival and pagans eat children. And therefore he was standing there protesting against the festival. And we'll dedicate this song to the, uh, the man outside with a placard who's protesting against this festival. <laughs> You have some strange protests. When we arrived here, in, uh, when we arrived in Cambridge, we were greeted with a procession of topless ladies on motorbikes. Wonderful. And now we've got a man with a placard, sort of. But apparently he thinks that this festival is encouraging, because it's a pagan festival, it's Celtic, so it's encouraging pagan ideas, including eating children, apparently. And I just thought, I don't know whether the sound people have access to sound effects, but maybe at some point during the, the, uh, the night, we could maybe pipe in the sound effect of a crying child, and we could all just go, mmm, mmm. <laughs> that, that, that would really freak him out. Anyway, thank you very much. Good night. It was no duke, was no lord, it was the flipping king. I'll say flipping because there's children around. Unless, unless they've all been eaten, of course. Well, George. <laughs> We've got a meeting floor. Uh, you pagans. <laughs> ah, well, Georgie rode a lively steed whose tail did gaily switch. So the Canadians may be fairly relaxed about riding around the streets topless. They're less relaxed about drinking. I think it's down to the Presbyterian movement and the Methodists who came over from Britain and chopped down a lot of the 
apple cider trees. Apparently chopped the cider apple trees down and also banned alcohol in a lot of places. And apparently until fairly recently, in many states of Canada, many parts of Canada, it was illegal to stand up with a beer. You could only sit down with a beer. And apparently if you wanted to have your beer moved, so say you, you saw a friend at the other side of the bar, you couldn't move the beer by yourself. You'd have to call over the waiter or waitress and you'd have to ask them to move your beer. They were allowed to stand up because it was they worked there and they could move your beer and you'd have to follow them. You weren't allowed to move your beer by yourself. And then there was strict rules until fairly recently about men and women being allowed to drink together. They had to be in separate parts at times. Even when we were in Canada, there was like a, a caged-off area almost in festivals. So you have to go behind a cage in order to drink. It's just like a bar. It's a separate bar, but you can't leave that area. And in pubs as well, they have railings. They have a non-drinking side and a drinking side, and it's literally just a railing. And there's been talks of like people who've like hung over the railings while drinking, and the beer has technically been at the wrong side of the, the railings, and the police have come and prosecuted them. And also, you can't buy alcohol in the supermarket. If you want to buy alcohol, it's through government-owned stores. Here's a little bit of chat about it from Godrich. There's a lovely lady on the front row. I don't want to embarrass her, but I, it serves a right to be on but the you're front row. But you're going to anyway. Normally when you say I don't want to embarrass someone, you embarrass She's someone. doing a wonderful drawing of you down oh. here, Davey. So, can I just, just so we can see, because we'll have progress from the start of the gig to the end. Can I just have a quick, um... Oh, God. It's God. Well, that is quite like me. It's <laughs> <laughs> got that well. Excellent. Oh dear, we've learned so much on this trip. Last night we had a we had a wonderful set down at the Millray stage and we only had 20 minutes before our taxi was going to take us back to Kitchener. So we thought we'd pop into the supermarket and get some beer. Yeah. <laughs> what sort of place is it? <laughs> once we, to you, we just thought we'd nip in. We, we've got 15 minutes before our set. We'd nip in, we'd get a quick cider. So we got there and we, we were asked for our passports, which never happens in Britain. And then the next thing was, uh, we, we eventually got through, we were given some wristbands, we had to go through another thing to get wristbands. Then we got told that we were in this caged area and that we weren't allowed to move out of the caged area. This doesn't happen in England at all. And then we got to the cider table, we said what we'd like, we said, oh no, before you can have a cider, you must go to that other place over there and get a ticket. It's like, what? And then we got to the thing, we got a ticket, and we went back over to the side of the place. I was half expecting to say, oh no, before you get started, you must riddle me this. <laughs> I am. Ridiculous. This isn't the case in the French part of Canada. The drinking laws are a lot more relaxed there. But they may be relaxed about drinking, but they get a bit het up when it comes to language. They have the language police that makes sure that French is being represented in the French part of Canada. Because a lot of people speak English, obviously, and a lot of people advertise in English in their businesses. A lot of businesses have been prosecuted and sued because they're not advertising in French as well as English. There's also uproar about when you ring up a company, like a business, when you ring up a business and it goes to the switchboard and it says, it'll sp start speaking in English before it speaks in French and people are up in arms. They say, no, French should be first, English should be second. There's all sorts of situations where people have contacted the language police. But my favourite situation here was in a pet store when a lady who wanted to buy a parrot, she took a particular shine to this particular parrot, but 
She then completely lost love for the parrot when she realised that the parrot didn't speak any French. She was speaking French to it and the parrot was just speaking English back. And she was absolutely livid. And she threatened the pet store owner, saying that she would call the language police to prosecute the pet shop and the parrot. (laughs) So a law-breaking parrot there, ladies and gentlemen. You can imagine the language police turning up. Ah, bonjour, bonjour, bonjour. Pretty Polly, pretty Polly. No, 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 no. Joli Pierre, Pierre. Polly, Polly, no, Pierre, Pierre. Polly, Polly, pretty Polly. Oh, zut, no, no. Mary had a little... No, 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 no. Frère Jacques, Frère Jacques. London Bridge is falling down. No, London, dirty English parrot. God save our gracious queen. No, la da 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 No, la Marseillaise. Roll, Britannia, Britannia. No, zut, there we are. Hilarious. Hilarious, ladies and gentlemen. I do all this. Just one man in front of a microphone, ladies and gentlemen. Just one man. One microphone. That's all that's needed. Howdy. 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 Oh, oh, oh. Do you? have only been in Canada a week. <laughs> I think what, I can murder a pancake right now. Uh, you'll stick anything in a pancake. Unbelievable. Yeah. That's, not, that's not a euphemism. Uh, <laughs> That's the key, in case you're interested. The chorus is Hartley Pool is blooming, but I'm withered like a fallen plum. <laughs> my mouth is full of flowers, for my love has not come. Hey. 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 Am I missing something here? Uh, what is your mouth full of? Flowers. <laughs> it's, it's imagery, isn't it? It's allegory. It's a poem. <laughs> you were, you're an unsophisticated lawyer, you, lawyer. <laughs> it's not, it's not taken literally. Mouth is full of flowers is supposed to be your mouth is full of beer. <laughs> Good God. Everything I say is getting the ministerity. Another thing we noticed in Canada was the speech patterns. For instance, uh, they would say A. A lot. So they'd say something. What are you doing here, eh? Doing good, eh? And they'd say oot instead of out. And someone told me this before we went to Canada, and I thought, no, I can't be true. But they, they do. They say oot rather than out. Fantastic. We'll continue with that great maritime theme then, singing one of our favourite sea shanties from the Caribbean. And all you've got to sing uh, to join in with is uh, Haul Away, boys. Haul Away. Fancy that, eh? A sea shanty with Haul Away in it. <laughs> And we'll leave it like you do it in your own accents. All the way, boys, all the way, eh? <laughs> Get it. Get it. Get you not say oot. Uh, you don't say oot. Well, you might you not. You might you not. Just, know, but all you the other just, uh, people do. You just, <laughs> you've just said oot now. I've got the proof. To, I've got it on recording. There. You just. <laughs> you not say oot. Go on, you Ah, we saved our insults to the last day. You've noticed. We were really nice to you on the first day. <laughs> we did one gig in Canada that was rather odd for us. We talked before on the podcast about the gig that we did. We we said it might be one of our worst ever gigs. It was in Inverness in Scotland. And it was a gig in a music pub. 
We're so used to people, to doing gigs where people are listening. This gig in Inverness, people were just talking and, you know, when we finished a song and no one would applaud, it was just like we were background noise. Well, we did a similar gig in a pub in Canada. Thank you very much, so. <laughs> Hello. Don't talk with your mouth full, please, sir. Thank you. We are the Youngins and we come from the northeast of England. Junior Barbarica. Yeah. Hold the People were applauding, so there was still, you know, as in Inverness, if you remember the Inverness clips that we played, people weren't even, by the end of it, weren't even applauding, they were just talking. And when we sang a louder song, they would just shout louder. <laughs> uh, there we are. Anybody, I don't know if anybody's waiting to order, but I recommend the chicken. The stuffed the, chicken. The chicken what? All oh, right. The stuffed chicken. Oh, the stuffed chicken. All oh, right. Well, I can recommend the vegetable curry. There you go. We are available for sponsorship deals if you are interested there, Ted. Uh, yes, we, are, we do a lot of recommendations as well as the songs. If anyone has any questions about recommendations or needs to know any directions to the toilet or anything like that, just come and see us. Feel free to interrupt us mid-song as well, it's absolutely fine. Oh yeah! We've had a request. A request for Danny Boy. <laughs> <laughs> so a man comes up and puts $20 in Sean's hands and says, there you go, sing Danny Boy. We've never sang Danny Boy, but for some strange reason we decide to give it a go, even though we've never sang it before. Ladies and gentlemen, let's give a big hand. Here he is, all the way from uh, Brazil, Danny Boy. Uh, well, thank you very much. Um, He's given us the money now, so we don't have to do it. Uh, exactly. There we go. Okay. He's a 21st ballad about death. All right. <laughs> Shall we give it a go? I don't know. I don't think we've ever sang Daddy I don't think we've ever sang Daddy Boy. Let's give it a go for $20. Here we go. Oh, well, let's, shall we give it a go? Yeah, we can do a verse of it. Hey. So, uh, Danny Boy, yeah. Uh, here then. Oh, here we go. Help us out. Uh, no. Oh, Danny Boy, revise the pipes are calling from land to land and down the mountain. <laughs> At this point, I realised that I didn't know any other words. I just literally knew, oh, Danny boy, the pipes of pipes are called from Glen to Glen. <laughs> That's all I remembered. So I just start making noise. It's going, oh, over the top. Goodness knows what Michael's doing. He's hardly singing. Michael, Michael more or less doesn't even attempt to, to join in. But come ye back when summer's in the meadow, or when the valley's hush and white is gone. So this is a really odd experience for us. 
We're singing a song that we've never sang before in front of people who, a lot of which aren't listening and are just talking all the way through. I mean, this is a big departure from any gig that we do ordinarily in England. I am dead, as dead I well may be. You come and find the place where I am lying, and he'll say, Sean stopped singing and everybody applauded. The man then came over to, to Sean again and put another $20 in his hand and said, Keep going. Oh, I'm back to the oars again. That you love me. That's thirty it's like karaoke without a karaoke machine. <laughs> I don't understand that song. Thank you very much. I hope that's real money. <laughs> oh, hang on. What's that? Oh, someone drank there's just hundred and seventy dollars to do itsy bitsy tweeny weeny. Okay. <laughs> And then, so then another man comes up and asks for another song that we don't do. <laughs> do you know Danny Boy, my friend? Oh, it's not well enough to sing it, unfortunately. Uh, it's a lovely song. I'll tell you what, it's getting to the stage where we're going to start giving you $20 to request something we know. Uh. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. Well, that is our Canadian podcast taken care of. We'll be back next week for our French podcast. We're going to be providing you with clips from our time in France. It's going to be a good one. I attempt some French stand-up comedy. I do a French joke. We sing a song about some French farmyard animals. We're going to end with another song from the Polish vocal quartet North Cape. This time it is one of their songs that they actually do. They're not covering a television theme. Yes, this is them covering the EastEnders theme tune with 340 voices. This is them in their four-part glory singing Modlitwa, which means prayer. And I pray that you will join us next week. Goodbye from me, David Eagle. Goodbye from me, David Eagle. Ah, goodbye from me, the English parrot. Ah, and goodbye from me, the angry Frenchman. All your favourite characters, ladies and gentlemen, on one podcast. 
Goodbye! Gdy zły ocean znowu burzy swą toń, kiedy ster trzymającą lewa dłonia fale wściekle walą wódź, mój panie okaż swą moc. O Boże siłę daj, wiarę daj, wytrwałość daj, nadzieję panie daj, na to, że ujrzę znów dom. Gdy wciąż przemierzasz Arktyki Biel, kiedy ostry harpun nie trafia w cel, a wielki ogon niesie śmierć, mój Panie, okaż swą moc. O Boże, siłę daj, wiarę daj, wytrwałość daj, nadzieję, Panie, daj, na to, że ujrzę znów dom. Gdy groźny cień widzisz szary jak stal, kiedy ostra płetwa wychynie swal, a bestia wpadnie w krwawy szał, mój Panie, okaż swą moc. O Boże, siłę daj, wiarę daj, wytrwałość daj, nadzieję, Panie, daj, na to, że ujrzę znów dom. Gdy stary kadłub zapada się w głąb, kiedy cię śmiertelny przenika ziąb, a ty w szalupie jesteś sam, mój Panie, okaż swą moc. O Boże, siłę daj, wiarę daj, wytrwałość daj, nadzieję, Panie, daj, na to, że ujrzę znów dom. O Boże, siłę daj, wiarę daj, wytrwałość daj, nadzieję, Panie, daj, na to, że ujrzę znów dom.